<laughs> but if you're doing something that like fills up your cup and like fills your heart with joy, that's kind of the point of life, isn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that um, we're so used to of this idea of what success looks like. Yeah. That is so different what it actually should look like. Success yeah. is you trying over and over again every day without even seeing results. Yeah. And if you're happy about it, if you're happy doing what you like, that's what success is. Hi, and welcome to the Endo Bay podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Bree. I'm an ultrasound tech turned endometriosis coach, positivity and self-love advocate, a seven on the Enneagram, and I am a proud dog mom. And I'm on a mission to help you live more positively with endometriosis and be happy in your body. On the Endo Bay podcast, we're going to dive deep into all things endometriosis, mindset, self-love, health, and so much more. This is a badass podcast for badass endo babes and I want you to leave this podcast feeling inspired and empowered on your own health journey with more confidence and the belief that you too can have more good days than bad are you with me babes see you in the podcast Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Endo Bay Podcast. I am very excited. Today's episode, I chatted with Anna, who is the face behind the blog and Instagram page Endo Culture, and she's the proud owner of Easy Menses, which is a company that really aims to support and help with menstrual pain in a more natural and holistic way. And so she had shared with me last summer these patches. Um, they're CBD patches with menthol and peppermint in them. Um, so they're all natural and they're like a transdermal patch, right? So for like your pelvis, your low back, she had shared them with me last summer and then we were moving and I lost them and I found them again, um, closer to Christmas. And I tried them when I was having ovulation pain and I love them. I had been a huge fan of tiger balm patches in the past, but these stick, they're actually sticky. And so they can last for 48 hours. And she shared in the episode that. They're kind of like a slow release. So the CBD and things that are in them are designed to release throughout the 48 hours. So I'm really excited. We chatted about her company, what got her into entrepreneurship, her journey with endometriosis, because she's also a fellow endo warrior, stage four, deep infiltrating endometriosis, um, and just her journey with that in life and living with endometriosis and running a business. It was a really fun conversation and I can't wait for you to hear it. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to another episode of the Endo Bay podcast. Today we have Anna, who is a fellow Endo warrior. She runs a blog and the Instagram page called Endo Culture. And she's a proud owner of Easy Menses, which is a company that aims to help with menstrual pain in a more natural and holistic way. Welcome, Anna. I'm so happy you're here. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. I really am. I've been following Chelsea for a while now. I, I do think that we kind of started around the same time in Instagram, and I'm so glad I'm here. Thank you for having me. Of course. I'm so glad that you're here. So let's start out by um, having you tell everybody a little bit about your personal experience with endometriosis. Yes, for sure. So I have a stage four endo. I was diagnosed back in around 2018, I think. It was a, a really long journey for me. It was 17 years of pain. And since my first period, I got extremely bad pain, uh, menstrual cramps, and I was told it was normal. I was told that 
that's how it was going to be and that I should just deal with it and learn how to deal with it. And I spent many years in school, having to leave early, having to not go to school, having to miss practices, thinking it was the norm. I did go to a lot of doctors, like a lot of endometriosis sufferers here in our community. And I was dismissed by a lot of them. I I was told that I should take uh, birth control pills. And I tried a few for a while, but they just weren't the right choice for me. Like my mental health was kind of suffering because of them. And I decided to stop taking them and just kind of, like they said, deal with my pain on my own. (laughs) So after 17 years, um, my health started to deteriorate a lot. I was studying architecture at the time, and that's a quite demanding career, I would say. And I had a lot of sleepness, sleepless nights. I had a lot of bad eating habits, and my, my health really started to decline. So that's when I decided to seek medical help, especially because I was bleeding on my rectum. And now I had something tangible, I thought, that I could actually go to them and see, look, here, there's something that is not right. Despite all the um, exams that I had done, despite the ultrasounds that they had done, here is something that does not look normal. And yes, of course, they looked into it. I had anemia and it was stage four endo infiltrating uh, my colon. So scary. Yes, it was. It was quite a scary situation, but it was like one of those things that you're really scared, really happy, and extremely confused at the same time because you're finally validated, but at the same time, you don't know what's going to come and you don't know what, how you're going to deal with all of this kind of wave of information that is thrown at you, right? For sure. And I know like speaking to a bunch of people that have endometriosis, like that is kind of like bittersweet moment, right? Because you have all these symptoms and finally you get an answer for them. But now it's like, I have endometriosis. What am I going to do with this? Definitely. It was exactly like that for me. Like I I was happy, but at the same time, I was really confused as to what the next steps were, right? You think that once you do have a diagnosis, you're going to get that pain relief that you need. and, And that's, quite far from the truth. Yeah, Yeah, that's not always it. (laughs) Yes, definitely. (laughs) Isn't it funny like how we take ourselves to the point of like our health totally deteriorating for like a career or like something outside of ourselves that like we think that we should be doing. And it's when our health starts to decline, we're like, oh, obviously this is not working for me, but it takes that like decline for us a hundred percent yes to do something about it yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's that's exactly what happened to me I was truly on my last year yeah of university and it was bad now that I think about it it was extremely bad I mean I didn't understand the damage that I was doing to my body like I know endometriosis is not my fault it's far Mm -hmm. from it but but I wasn't helping it I was putting my health in the back burner, pretty much. I was just taking care of what was in front of me, of my career, of what I was expected to do. And once you realize that health is everything, that without health, you have nothing, you don't have a job, you don't have a career, that's when you start to 
to actually take care of yourself and kind of love yourself a little bit more than everything else that's going on around you. Totally. And how has your life changed since you made that choice, that choice to put your health first? It has changed drastically. And the reason why I say that is because I uh, I come from, my parents immigrated from Colombia. So they are immigrants and they have this mentality of uh, you just have to work really hard to make it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and work nonstop. So um, since I can remember being like a teenager, 18 or so, I've been working. I've been trying to go to school full time, work full time. And that's how I did it. Like a lot of people were like, you're doing architecture and you were going, you were working full time. And I'm like, yes, that's how I was dealing with everything. Right. Um, They had this mentality that you have to grind in order to make it. And that's when I realized that those beliefs were hurting me the most. Right. Because I thought that if I wasn't being productive and it wasn't being adding to, to this, um, like, I say American dream, they're doing doing Canada right now. But if if you're not adding to this, their American dream, then you were not doing things the correct way, right? I wanted to make them proud. I wanted to graduate. I wanted wanted them to see that what they went through and all their efforts was they were going to pay off. And since my health journey, because it's been a journey, it's not perfect and it's far from it. I realized that now that I put my health first, I'm being more productive. It doesn't mean that I have to do everything and grind and stay up to extremely late at night, but it's it means that I'm doing it my own way. And it means that that's going to work better in the long run for me because I'm not, I'm not burning myself out, right? Yeah. I'm just taking care of my health allowing my body to determine what I can give out and then going from there. And I think that's a beautiful way of you um, loving yourself. It so is that's beautiful. what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, it is beautiful. Cause like you said, it is a journey and it's that recognition that like slow and steady, like keeps moving you forward. It's not like yeah. pushing yourself to the breaking point and then collapsing and then pushing yourself to the breaking point and collapsing. It's that like steady growth and moving forward. A hundred percent. But it does take a long time for you to um, work on that mentality. Yes. It, it does. does not come overnight. And sometimes you're like, oh, I, I wish I could go like further and I am faster and all of these things still come to mind. Right. But it's something that you have to work on every day and just realize that Hey, without your body being healthy, you will not go far enough (laughs) either way. Either way. Yeah, Yeah. totally. And I mean, the mentality behind living with a chronic illness is so important and how you view yourself and how you view view your illness. Right. And like you just said, it's not something that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. It's something that you like continually work on over and over and over again. And like, I still have like moments where I don't know, I'm like really, really hard on myself but it comes easier to like pull myself out of it. now that I've been doing this for years and years and years, you know, but in the very beginning, it was really hard. A hundred percent. At the beginning is hard. In the middle is hard. And I'm sure at the end, it's <laughs> the end is still hard. hard yeah. <laughs> it's never, it's, it's never, it's never easy. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the more practice that you have. <laughs> yes. The more practice that you have, you, you learn to trust yourself mm-hmm. a lot more. For I sure. Think. 
Yeah, I agree. And maybe like not easy making that switch, but it's easier to notice what you're doing. Like mentally. 100%. Yes. And it's still hard to like pull yourself out of it, but the noticing is easier. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so I would love to chat about your company, Easy Menses. Will you tell us all about it? Yes, of course. So Easy Menses, uh, it's a company that I created um, around the pandemic time. So I, I will say around 2020 or so. Well, I, I saw it. I solidified that in 2020 because I've been kind of working on things for myself um, during the time that I was in pain that have worked for me. And it's just a company I created to help other women with more holistic or natural alternatives to pain management. So I started with CBD patches. Hopefully it can grow to more things, but right now that's what I started with. Mm -hmm. Um, They're, CBD patches that have menthol and they have peppermint oil and you put them on they're waterproof they last for up to 48 hours and they have this transdermal technology that kind of releases the CBD uh, in pieces it doesn't like release right away it kind of has that 48 hour release mechanism so I think that's quite um unique because it it allows you to kind of receive those micro dosing of of CBD and, and, and the other oils throughout the 48 hours. Very cool. What made you think of starting this company? Was it born out of like learning was, to listen to your body? <laughs> pretty much. It yeah. was born of a combination of that. Uh, I was born of a combination of me um, wanting to really truly live my passion. I, like I said before, I think I, I went to school and I studied what I did because of my parents' expectations. Mm-hmm. But, but once I started to kind of um, learn to live with endometriosis and kind of get to know the community and go into like Facebook groups and learn about all these beautiful women that make out this community. It's amazing how many stories you get touched by. It's amazing how many... Um, lives you can help just by talking to other people. It doesn't mean that you, you you have to create a product or anything. It's just by kind of sharing your experience, then that kind of feels something inside of me. And that's where Easy Menses came from. It came from that wanting to help other women. Even if I help one woman, that's enough for me. Just knowing that I, I help them in, in pain, that that's just amazing. In any way, really. Yeah. For sure. And I mean, um, you had let me try the the patches over this last, you sent them to me in the summer and then we were moving and I lost them. <laughs> I just tried them <laughs> um, a couple of months ago. And I, I mean, I love them. They're so sticky because I had previously used the tiger bomb patches. And while those are great, I don't feel like they last very long. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed, I enjoyed the patches a lot and I'm very I'm excited so to do it with everybody. That. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad to hear that. And I really want to create quality products. It's a learning curve. It's not like your first product. It's not going to be, I think, 100% what you want it to be. But I think baby steps is the way to go and just go for it. Do not overthink whatever you have in your heart and in your mind, because sometimes we wait for perfect actions to take place. Mm. And that's when we get kind of stuck. Yeah. And 
And I had a, a, that stage for a while between my diagnosis, between me graduating and, and all of this, I was stuck. I was saved for a good year and a half that I didn't know my way forward. I was stuck with fear. I was stuck with wanting to wait for this, my surgery that took almost two years, a year and a half or so of waiting. Um, and that was just a, a time that I had to kind of sit down with myself and really think what I wanted in life, what I wanted for to give out there to the world. And that's where Easy, Easy Menses came from. I love that. And you're exactly right. Like if you sit and wait until you're ready, you're going to be waiting forever. And so if there's like something on your heart that you want to do, like the world needs it. You wouldn't have that desire to do it if the world didn't need it. A hundred percent. And you're like, I am my own enemy, right? I'm the one that kind of puts the negative uh, thinking inside my head. And I'm like, I can't do this. A hundred reasons why not you can't do something. And then that that's when you have to kind of really look deep down and understand that whatever positive thing you can bring to the world is good enough just to just do it and get it out there. That's why I, I personally really like what you're doing because since the beginning, you're being putting yourself out there and you're being showing what endometriosis is really like. You're being really, really being truthful to everything about yourself. And, and I really do lo love that. I appreciate that very much because there's so many women that need that need to see what this illness is all about. Thank you. And that's my goal with all of this, right? Like you said, if I can help one person feel a little bit better and know they're not alone or give yeah. them a resource that that's going to help them feel better, you know, like that's why I'm here doing this. Cause I wish that I had that when I was first diagnosed. Oh, me too. Way back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. If if I would have known about endometriosis a long time ago, for sure, I would have seeked medical help sooner. That's something that for sure would have happened to me. And maybe because right now I'm also on a fertility journey. So for sure, it would have helped a little bit more with that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to share a little bit about that at all? Yes, for sure. So you can say no. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 it's good. Um, so I got my surgery October 2020. So since then, they told me that it was good to go to have um, to start trying. Yeah. And we have, but unfortunately hasn't happened. So now I'm looking into medical help and seeing um, what are the next steps to take in order to actually get pregnant. Right. So that's that's where I am with my fertility journey. And I hope I can. I can get pregnant sooner than later. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Good luck. Yeah. It's something like that I'm trying to take. Um, I'm, I'm trying to take it more um, relaxed, I guess. Yeah. I'm not like obsessing about it. I'm not thinking about it all the time. I'm just letting it be because I believe that a baby comes when, when it's the right time. Yeah. So that's, but I'm, I am looking, I am taking the positive steps too. <laughs> To make it happen, I guess. Yeah, taking the action that you need to <laughs> take. Action, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's amazing. You're taking the positive steps and like the steps forward that you know that you need to take. My husband and I are going to start trying here soon. We will, we will see. We haven't tried yet. 
Um, (laughs) thank you. Yeah. When I was first diagnosed when I was like 20, um, that doctor told me like immediately that I was infertile. Um, cause I had like endo all over my tubes causing hydrosalpings and like fluid filled tubes. And so like at 20 years old, I was like, okay, cool. I'm never going to have kids. I'm just infertile. And I told, I like had to come to terms with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had excision in 2019 and that surgeon was like, oh no, I cleaned you all up. Like you should be fine. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, Hopefully yeah. you, you can start with your journey and everything should be going good. <laughs> well, I mean, I think I'm taking kind of the approach, like you just said, the relaxed, not stressed approach to it. Right. And I think maybe that comes out of a little place of fear for me. I think so too. I think at the end it comes in with a little piece of not getting too excited, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Just being cautious. Being cautious with like my heart a little bit. So I'll share, I'll share that. Um, And I'm excited to follow your journey as well. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> yeah. Um, how have you enjoyed entrepreneurship with endometriosis? I have enjoyed it a lot, actually. At the beginning, it was quite scary because you have a bunch of ideas and you really don't know how to start, how to narrow it down. Yeah. You have like a thousand ideas and you're like, oh, which one's going to be my first one, right? And then after you actually start taking action and things start to, to move, that's when you start to get excited. I think the journey of, of starting a company and the journey of creating a product and all of this is extremely exciting. And I think that that should be the, the main goal. Not so much the sales, not so much. It's the passion behind it. Because yeah. if you're passionate about it and you don't get sales, at least you're doing what you like and you're putting your heart out there and you're trying your best because it's not always going to be a sunny day. (laughs) Yeah. Rarely a sunny day, (laughs) but if you're doing something that like fills up your cup and like fills your heart with joy, that's kind of the point of life, isn't it? A hundred percent. Yeah. I think that um, we're so used to, of this idea of what success looks like that is so different, what it actually should look like. Success is you trying over and over again every day without even seeing results. Yeah. And if you're happy about it, if you're happy doing what you like, that's what success is. A hundred percent. And I know a lot of people, when they first start out in entrepreneurship, they expect like this really rapid growth and really fast. And if they Mm -hmm. don't get that right away, it kind of like takes the shimmer away. Yeah, it's quite easily to get discouraged. Yeah, get discouraged, get disappointed, like think you're doing something wrong. But like living with endometriosis, like I've definitely had to alter things because of just life in general and endo and family stuff and whatever happens, you know, because life happens and it definitely will always happen. Um, But just being okay with as long as I'm doing one thing, like, every single day to like make myself feel like I'm moving forward. It doesn't matter if I grow really fast because consistency is what's that matters. A hundred percent. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And with entrepreneurship, sorry. It's hard to say. <laughs> yeah. It's extremely hard. <laughs> um, 
it's it's the same. You just have to take baby steps and go one day at a time. Uh, sometimes you have, a, for example, Easy Messy sells in Amazon. Mm-hmm. So it's a platform that you have no control over. Yeah. Um, sometimes even I'm going to share this in Black Friday, like we were expecting to have big sales because it was Black Friday. And then all of a sudden they shut us down. What? So it's a small things like that, that you have no control over that you have to kind of just take it as it comes. Just, okay, this happened now. How can I fix it? How can I do this? And then just continue with it because um, that's uh, that that's all you can do, right? It's yeah. out of your control, and and you getting extremely angry, and all of this is gonna go against your health. So you just might as well move forward. Just keep moving forward. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it is stressful not having control over things, but like that's entrepreneurship in a nutshell. Like you can't control anything. Well, that's life, I guess. In a nutshell, you can't control anything yeah. <laughs> except for your attitude and like your beliefs about things, I guess. A hundred percent. Yeah. There are definitely <laughs> it's a roller coaster. And I think it's really glamorized online right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's definitely not glamorous. <laughs> no. I I had to seek help. Um, and I have this amazing group of of women that help me with the marketing for easy mensies and we come together with new ideas and we kind of present this um every month new ideas to put out there for the marketing and um it's something that it took me a while to kind of ask for help or like look for help because I thought I could do it all by myself and there gets to a point that you realize that okay even if you're not sick even if you're not dealing with a chronic illness you have to understand that um, you can't do it all. Yeah. And that we go back to being everything being perfect. No, it won't be perfect. There will be mistakes. And the fact that you're not doing it does not mean that <laughs> it won't be perfect. <laughs> right. Exactly. hundred percent. And there's so many parallels between like owning a business and chronic illness right? Because we feel like we can do everything. If we can just control these one, all of these things, like it'll go exactly the way that I want it to go, or I'm going to feel the certain way. And that's not usually the case. And I totally relate with you because I, I wanted to do it all by myself in the very beginning as well. And, um, I burnt out very quickly. Um, Mm -hmm. And I hired a podcast manager, Jordan. She is a godsend. I love her so much. Like, <laughs> Without her, this podcast wouldn't be around. She edits, she creates graphics. She like does so much stuff on the back end that like, I don't have the mental capacity for right now, you know, and it takes a village. Everything does. A hundred percent. Everything takes a village. And the more that you grow, the more help you'll need. So yeah. That's something to be mindful of. Is there anything specific you want to share with the audience? Anything specific? I mean, not really. I don't know what else to share. <laughs> anything about um, that you've learned from managing your endometriosis? Yes. I think that not all the solutions are presented to you by doctors are the correct ones. I was offered to take um, Lupron. I was offered to get pregnant right away as a solution. 
I had many doctors tell me different things. And at the end of the day, it's up to you to make the best decision for you. I mean, I remember having to go online, read about doctors, calling them, trying to make my doctor refer me to the one that I wanted. I remember reading about every single option I was given, looking into the side effects. And I think that's everyone's responsibility as well, because sometimes we, we do put a lot of responsibility to the healthcare system, but we also have to take some sort of responsibility for it. There are good doctors out there. I know, I know a lot of us had, have not seen a good portion of them, but my surgery went really well. And I'm so glad that the doctor that treated, treated me was so respectful and all of that, that I do wish everyone can get that kind of service and that kind of um, bedside manners, I will say. It is hard because there's so many things with endometriosis that like fall back on our shoulders, but I agree with you. Like we can't put all of our, like the responsibility on the doctor, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're only giving you what they know. And a lot of times the only thing they're told about endometriosis is that it comes from the uterus and that birth control will fix it. Correct. Or like the pharmaceutical companies own everything (laughs) and they're telling doctors to prescribe Lupron because, or Mm -hmm. Bizane or, or Alyssa, because it cures endometriosis and stops the growth. And so they think that that's true, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just not always the case. I mean, I, I agree with you. It is kind of our responsibility as well as a patient to do your due diligence and something I definitely didn't do in the very beginning. I just took what the doctor said is fact. And mm-hmm. I have hypothyroidism now because I was on Lupron and oh, it's like all that. of these things that I wish I could go back and change, but you can't. You can only move forward. Mm-hmm. Move forward is the best yeah. way. It is. I remember having to have tough conversations with people that you do hold at a higher standard. I remember having to talk to doctors and literally just stand there and tell them, I do not trust what you're telling me. I'm so sorry, but I need to look for another specialist. Mm-hmm. And that was so hard for me like shaking. <laughs> I was kind of shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like, I'm sorry, but what you're telling me, it's not, it doesn't, it's not what it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. And, and that was, I think endometriosis has given me a lot of courage. One that I did not have for everything. I mean, I used to be extremely scared of needles. Mm-hmm. I hated needles. And I had so many surgeries and so many things now that I can now see a needle and not even think twice about putting my arm in front of it. So that went away. So <laughs> We are, we're so strong and you're right. Like I haven't heard it put that way. Like we are courageous. Like it gives us so much courage just to like even get up when you don't feel good and yeah. put one foot in front of the other. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful. Yeah. I think that we should not be fearless. I think we should be, we have, we should have courage, Yeah, which is extreme. It's the opposite. I think you should have fear, but still confront it. Yeah. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Exactly. Yes. hundred uh, percent. <laughs> and I think that, um, there's so many holistic ways, uh, out there as well. I spent a, a year before my surgery with a holistic doctor. It was quite ex- 
expensive, I'm not going to lie. But it was such a worthy decision for me. I I really, truly believe that it, it allowed my body to heal in a way that it had, it, it was the best decision for me, that it prepared for the surgery and I healed the best way possible with um, holistic medicine. So I do think that there are solutions out there. And sometimes I remember thinking to myself, oh, this is so expensive. But then at the same time, I could buy a really expensive dress or I could go out and eat out all the time. So it's kind of, once again, going back to how much are you putting a priority uh, your health? Exactly. And I mean, health is expensive, but so is illness. And I'm sure we all know that. Correct. Yes. It's so multifaceted, like endometriosis management, right? I know myself in the very beginning and a lot of people that I talked to, they, we all wish that it was just like one thing, you know, we could just take a pill and it's be all better, but it's never just that. No. So many things that go into it, especially like depending on how long you've been in pain or how severe your illness is, like there's always a form of like neuropathy in are like central nervous or peripheral nervous system changes, right? And the nerves and there's just gut things. There's so many things that go into living well with endometriosis and managing it in a way that works for you that it takes like looking at all the different little areas. You know, it takes maybe going to a holistic doctor. It takes trying to find the surgeries or doing the pelvic floor physical therapy or changing your diet or addressing infections. A hundred percent. And it's really, it's never ending either. Yeah. That's what after the surgery, like <laughs> <laughs> after the surgery, I thought I was going to feel like, let's say that it was going to be it, that yeah. I was going to feel better and everything was going to be good. But even after the surgery, sometimes I do get the sciat- sciatic pain. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I get extremely bad allergies, yeah. especially when my period's going to come. Like, because the just, histamine increases. That's yes, it's crazy. I have this really bad allergies, and here, here and there, I do get cramps, like menstrual cramps and stuff. But yeah, like you said, it's like never ending, and you just have to kind of take it one day at a time, and and change different aspects of your life that works for you. For me, has been diet. Yeah. I. I it really changed mostly to plant-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not perfect, far from it. Here and there, I'm in family gatherings and none of them are plant-based. So <laughs> I have to eat whether eating or at least I choose to. I'm, I don't overcomplicate myself. That's good. But, but mostly I do um, eat plant-based. That is what has worked for me, especially yeah. with the information that I get. So it's that, it's exercising, it's um, taking certain teas, taking certain uh, supplements that I know are going to decrease my inflammation. So like you said, it's just a combination of things, even mindset. I mean, meditating, actually breathing, calming yourself, all of those things that I didn't even think about before makes um, a successful uh, recovery, I guess, uh, after the surgery. For sure. And I mean, I agree with you. It is mindset's huge. <laughs> it's a huge <laughs> thing. I talk about it all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, 
Because I mean, if you talk crap to yourself and you don't feel good and you're like in a bad headspace, it's really hard to make the choices to mm-hmm. eat better, to move your body, to do things that go for the walk, whatever, you know, like it's really hard to make those choices if you're in a really bad headspace. So mm-hmm. addressing the mental, physical, emotional aspects of healing is so important. A hundred percent. That's so important. I think mindset, it all starts with mindset. Yeah. Because if you're in a bad headspace, you're not going to take those actions required for you to start feeling better. Mm-hmm. Like changing the way you eat, exercising a little bit. If you are not in the correct mindset, none of those things are going to take place. Yeah. And that's, that's also the beginning of if you're thinking of starting a company or anything like that, just focus on yourself first. Yes. Health first. Health first, because if you're if you're trying to uh, start something else and then you're not in the correct headspace, you will not go far. Right. You have to truly get to know yourself, be understanding to yourself and, and then go from there. Definitely. And that's like something I've learned about owning a business as well as like I've changed so much from when I first started my business to now. Mm-hmm. it's insane. And my business has changed and grown along with me, you know? And so like change is good and growth is good and it will happen as slow or as fast as you want it to. And it doesn't have to happen overnight. Yeah. Sometimes we think that if we're changing something is because it's a failure, but it's far from it. It means that you're growing. It means that you're changing something for the better. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. I love We have to learn to embrace change for sure. (laughs) And no, I was just gonna say, I love change. (laughs) It usually means I'm growing. And so I mean, I don't know if that comes. So we moved like 30 times when I was a child. Wow. That's very used to like change new people and new things. And it kind of created like this chaotic environment that was like, I was comfortable in chaos. We don't have to talk about that right now, but (laughs) Um, now that I've like worked on my mindset and just learning how to live and feel better with endometriosis, right? Like if I see change, like I'm like, oh, good. Things are change is good. You know, like change is growth and growth is good. A hundred percent. And I also wanted to talk a little bit maybe of, um, the people around you, how important they are. In my case, it's, it's my husband. He's been truly there for me for the good times and the bad ones and he's the one that has given me um that trust in myself in a way like he's always trusted me and in a way that I didn't even trust myself at the beginning right Mm, yeah so having people that care about you and that are there for you and that tell you constantly how much they believe in you is extremely important yeah we might not think so but that makes the difference. It could be your husband, your parents. My parents are amazing as well. So having that support system, it's important, not only for a business, but also for chronic illness like endometriosis. Yeah. With my mom, she at the beginning, like she dealt with pain herself her entire life. And it was extremely painful and she had to go to work and she had to do all these things that she was expected to do with pain. So she thought that me not doing them was kind of n- not failing, but she's like, I think you can do it. Like, 
And then until she realized that, no, what I was going through was a physical as well, like showing her the pictures of how my endometriosis looked inside and explaining to her what it was doing to my body and explaining that they had to remove, they had to remove part of my colon as well because it had infiltrated it. Showing all that kind of opened her mind and allowed her to kind of 100% be behind what my decisions were. Yeah. And, and that's what I, I wish for everyone, because I know there are a lot of women out there that cannot identify themselves, like um, relate themselves with their family members and, and all of those things. So, For sure. And I think you just hit the nail on the head right there, because it's sitting down and like explaining in a way that works for the other person. Like, hey, yeah. like I'm not making this up. This is what's happening. Showing pictures just in a way that makes them or helps them understand or in the way that they learn, right? Because people aren't mind readers. And a lot of times people have their own beliefs about things based on their Mm -hmm. own personal history. And they're like, oh, it's fine. You're going to be fine. You know, and it's very easy to say something like that. And then sitting down and just talking with them about that, like explaining your pain, showing them pictures, telling them about the illness, Right. Showing them the community. I have a bunch of podcasts that I've recorded that you can like share with them as well. But all of that can be really helpful in helping your get your family like to support you if you don't have somebody in your life to support you. And you also if you don't have somebody in your life to support you, reach out to me, reach out to Anna, reach out to literally anybody in the endo community. We are here yes. for you. Yes, yes. And that's what's so amazing about this community. It truly is. Like even if you go to Facebook and you just type endometriosis in whatever area you live in, mm-hmm. oh my God, that's such an amazing help. Yeah. I remember at that time I was living in Calgary, Canada, mm-hmm. and I just put endometriosis, uh, Alberta, whatever. And because of them, I found the doctor that I found. And because of them, I was able to fight for my for my rights, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> for my medical rights. Yeah. Because I, I read all the tips that they gave. I read all the reviews of the doctors they gave. And just like that, I, I also gave back to the community. Whatever I was going through, I, I just put it in there. And and I think that's an amazing way to help each other. Definitely. To create that that strong community. Yeah. And there is a community. There's millions of us out here. Mm-hmm. And so we will support you if you need support. We are here. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Yeah. Cause it is hard. Like I know most of the guys that I dated before my husband, um, back to the chaotic world that I was used to, <laughs> right. We're a little chaotic and a little, um, not very supportive. Um, I had a boyfriend at the time when I had my first or second surgery and I was took like a month of recovery and I was back in Washington with my mom for that month. And he was like, you're staying there because there's a guy there and you're cheating on me. And I was like, I'm literally laid up recovering from surgery, (laughs) you know? And so there are there, I guess my point of saying all of this is like, there are people out there that will support you and you don't have to put Mm -hmm. up with bullshit. Right. Cause Mm -hmm. I met my husband and he will literally do backflips to help me. You know, 100%, yes. and trusted me since the very beginning mm-hmm. for everything, you know, and so there's your person's out there. Yeah, a hundred percent. You don't have to settle for nothing less than amazing. Yes. And that's, that's a hundred percent sure. Like 
hundred percent true what you just said. Sometimes there's people around you that do not understand you and they don't have to, but you should not be around them because there's other people that for sure will believe you and will trust what you're feeling. I will validate those feelings because sometimes you just need a validation. Yeah. And we'll help you if you need help. And I know it can be really hard to like let go of people in your life, but like we were just saying, some change is good and growth is good and finding new people worth values and that align with yours or that do activities or that have interests that are aligned with you, like is more supportive for your mental health as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. I also think that um, in what I want to kind of um, do do more of is kind of talk more within my community, like um, Hispanics, mm, yeah. because there's a big taboo in the Hispanic community about everything. Yeah. So I do want to kind of increase that outreach to them because I have seen it. I, I have even seen a difference between Australia and the U.S., the way the community in Australia is for endometriosis is what it should be right now in the United States. Yeah, and it's still it's not it's not to the same standards I would say than what it is over there. Yeah, I agree. And and for the Hispanic community, it's it's even worse. We should get there, like all of us together, because sure. we really should. Um, have each other's back and we should grow this community because I know it's amazing and I can, it can save a lot of lives. For sure. Do you have any plans for like starting a group? I have tried. Yeah. I have tried. I have endoculture and endocultura. Like I had kind of translated everything that I have done in my blog to Spanish, uh, but it's hard. It takes a lot of time and it goes back to asking for more help and all those things. So it is in my wanting to do it, but (laughs) it is in my to-do list, but for sure it's it's something that I I would like to do. Well, I want to commend you for even like starting it, right? Because like we've talked about this whole podcast, it's a small little tiny baby steps. It doesn't have to happen overnight. So the fact that you've even already started it, like we can, um, I mean, I'm just going to commend you for that. Thank you. <laughs> you yourself for not being farther along with it, or you can just be happy that you've already started it. Yes, yes, exactly. That's that's what it's all about. It is. Oh, this has been such a good conversation. Oh, the same. I feel the same. Thank you for having me. I was a little nervous because of my accent sometimes comes through, but like we mentioned before, imperfect actions is what matters. <laughs> it is what matters. And I mean... I totally understand like having those nerves, but I mean, your accent is beautiful. Thank you. You should never be ashamed of it. (laughs) I'm not. I'm just concerned that people can't understand me. (laughs) Oh, we can understand you. Don't worry. (laughs) Okay, good. (laughs) Oh, it was so good to have you on. How can people find you? I'm going to put your links below the podcast episode. So if anybody wants Mm -hmm. to go connect with Anna, you can. I'll put links to Easy Mencies as well. Thank you. The patches, yes, of course. Good luck with everything that you're doing. Good luck with this podcast. I, when I have free time, I usually put it on Spotify and I just start listening to listening to it. So keep going, keep growing, keep doing amazing things. Ah, you as well. Keep going, keep growing, keep doing amazing things. I love that. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh, thank you, Anna. Thank you. Oh, babe, thank you so much for taking the time to listen today. I had so much fun and I'm so fucking grateful for every single one of you. If you thought that this was helpful or you loved any part of this podcast, I would love, love, love for you to screenshot it and post it on Instagram at Chelsea Bree, C-H-E-L-S-E-A-A-B-R-I and tag me. I would love to see what you're getting out of the episodes. It makes me so happy. I would also love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave a review because that just helps other wonderful endo babes find me as well. I adore you and I believe that you don't deserve to feel like shit. You deserve to have a normal life despite endometriosis. So I love you so much and I hope you have a wonderful day and I'll catch you on next week's episode of the Endo Babe Podcast. <laughs>